Jay, Jay, what is fibromyalgia? Musculoskeletal pain. With fatigue, sleep disturbances, memory problems, and mood issues. Uh, that It's a, a complex mix of those. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. A special thanks to our gold and silver supporters. Earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neurosciences NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. There are two ways you can attend, online or in person with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash attend hyphen NG hyphen workshops. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see, and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time. Visit MindMedia.com now. It's not just having trigger points and pain. It's, it's additional symptoms on top of it. And they, they believe that it basically changes the ability of the brain to and spinal cord to process pain and non-pain signals. So th- this, this is considered a, a, an actual definition of it in the first sentence. And the second sentence is basically just what they, they think it, it ends up implicating. But, but I mean, is it like a nerve pain, a burning pain, like you got a punch pain or pain's different? No, it, it, it's actually the muscle spindles end up being extremely tense it causes trigger points. You know, the little spots that you can poke and they hurt, those are actually a muscle spindle in the muscle. That's the trigger point. And the muscle spindle is a sympathetically innervated part of the muscle. The rest of the muscle is all voluntary nervous system, not involuntary or autonomic, but the muscle spindle sets the muscle tone, posture, residual tension, basically. And this is the culprit when it's contracted long enough, it starts to be painful. Like any muscle contraction that's extended, pick a weight up, stick it straight out and hold it there for 10 minutes and see what your shoulder feels like, you know? And, you know, it's, it's not simple muscle pain from the muscle itself having voluntary commands to contract because, you know, you can quit contracting the muscle, but if the sympathetic nervous system is still jacked up because of trauma or stress or whatever, you're going to end up having the muscle spindle still contracted. An excessive muscle tone and the trigger points, the muscle spindle will become a trigger point. If you poke it, it's going to hurt. And uh, you can turn off the muscle spindle with the uh, proper technique. Dropping the sympathetic nervous system's tone down ends up clearing the neurocognitive aspects of it basically and the the ability to actually understand subjective 
uh, changes and fatigue, sleep, memory. If you have a chronic sympathetic overarousal with adrenal fatigue, like, you know, you've jacked up your nervous system so long that your adrenals quit. You, you end up having muscle spindles activated. You're, you're totally fatigued. All of these are explained basically by a sympathetic nervous system out of, out of proper regulation. And getting the sympathetic nervous system under control gets rid of these trigger points and muscle spindle contractions and all of that. So it's a, it's a disturbance of the autonomic nervous system and you can get it from basically stress or trauma, uh, not like, you know, whack in the muscle trauma, but you know, uh, traumatic experiences and like shingles. Well, shingles are uh, viral that your autonomic nervous system has turned off your uh, ability to have them suppressed. And if you've, if you've had a uh, chicken pox, the virus is basically hosted inside of you in kind of a, a, a latent state. And as you get older and your immune system isn't quite as intact, you, you, you don't have it suppressed. And when it flares up, you, you end up having the nerve root that the virus is, is in innervates a dermatome. And that dermatome ends up having, you know, the awful shingles rash, basically. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's not directly related to fibromyalgia, but of the two, at least shingles goes away at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and fibromyalgia, they've been trying to treat fibromyalgia for a long, long time. You know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to, to treat. What are you going to do? Massage? Like, how do you get it? Do they know? Or is it a mental well, thing? Or is it, what? It, it's a central nervous system dysfunction. Your autonomic nervous system normally has a sympathetic parasympathetic balance. If that goes out of balance towards the sympathetic dominance, you end up having muscle spindles contract in a way that's not normal. And again, like going to the gym and being too tense too long, you're going to get a pain. And you get them all over because it's systemic sympathetic arousal, not something wrong with one muscle here and another muscle there. This is the entire nervous system having a sympathetic overarousal, which is why you, you end up having the, the subjective symptoms of fatigue and disturbed sleep. I mean, sympathetic overarousal, you know, it's, you're, you're not able to fall asleep well. It messes up your memory because you're not sleeping well. And mood issues, well, sympathetic is yeah, associated with stress. All of the symptoms that line up with those that have the, the pain of fibromyalgia end up being explained by this simple finding. And again, the, the, the research here at the, at the end from uh, 2015, the first paper to actually prove based on using the antibodies to, to basically test whether it's sympathetic, parasympathetic, voluntary, what, what kind of innervation is there for that muscle spindle. And uh, what, they, what they basically find is that uh, there's a direct uh, innervation uh, of the sympathetic nervous system to the muscle spindles, not just the blood vessels that are supplying the spindles, but the spindle themselves end up having the sympathetic innervation. And this basically allows us to understand disturbances of the motor system, proprioception, under stress conditions, chronic muscle pain syndromes. So uh, uh, this paper is, again, fairly recent, 2015. Sympathetic innervation would enable the autonomic uh, 
assist uh, influence functions attributed to the muscle spindles, motor reflexes, coordination, resting muscle tone, and the proprioception, the, the actual uh, feeling uh, of the, the muscles themselves. You actually sense the muscle contraction by sensory systems sensing the muscle spindle, not the muscle itself, but the muscle spindle. So, so Jay, if somebody comes into the office and says, you know, I got fibromyalgia and they do a, a QEG, are, are you going to, what kind of dysregulation are you going to see or will you? It's not always that obvious in a QEG. You're probably going to find it more readily by monitoring sympathetic nervous system, things like temperature. What's your hand temperature? If you're uh -huh. sympathetically overroused, you tend to have vasoconstriction and your hand, your fingertips tend to be cooler than the normal person. So when you're stressed, uh, the blood goes away? With, with sympathetic innervation, the arterial capillary beds end up constricting. So you don't have as much flow. And you've got to have flow to get core temperature to the periphery. And if you cut down on that flow, you can have what's, you know, in an extreme Raynaud's syndrome, which, where you've got icy cold hands and probably that cold, wet hand that you probably have shaken at some point, you know, the, the, the handshake that feels like you grabbed onto a cold fish, you know? Mm -hmm. So you would also find it with electrodermal uh, where you're actually looking directly at the sympathetic innervation of the equine sweat glands. You, you see the over arousal of the sympathetic nervous system based on the, essentially the excessive wetness of the sweat gland uh, because the sympathetic nervous system creates a myoepithelial cell squirting out of the fluid uh, from the eccrine sweat glands. You, you get nervous sweat, not temperature sweat, but nervous sweat. The face, the hands, the feet, they have a different kind of sweat gland than the armpit and the back and the, you know, the belly button, you know, the places that everybody drips from, but your, your face and hands have, and feet, end up having specifically innervated sweat glands, the sympathetic nervous system, kind of creating like a syringe. It, when the sympathetic nervous system is triggered, it squirts out the sweat from the eccrine sweat glands. Do, do kids get fibromyalgia or is it an adult thing? You, usually you've got to be pretty stressed for quite a while for the system to kind of uh, collapse into this. So yeah, yeah you can probably find it in some younger folks but the older you are the, the more likely you are to have things like oh worrying about your mortgage or the irs yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. uh whether the feds are knocking on the door there's things that can make you nervous and or, or the podcast editing is right you can say that again pete <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. Um, okay well, if, if, if you can't really see it on the QEG, but you can, like HRV, you can do the temperature. and Yep, HRV, uh, temperature, electrodermal, all of those are really positive ways to intervene on the sympathetic nervous system. So you would um, do bio, biofeedback training, not so much neurofeedback training for this? Yeah, I, okay. typically that is the case. Now, it's, quite often you'll end up finding something associated with overarousal in the brain. Uh, that you can also deal with, but it's not simple over arousal. So you can fix the over arousal and still have the center nervous system sympathetic over arousal going on, even though the uh, activation level of the brain may normalize, you may still have a sympathetic dominance. And that's, that's treated, quote, peripherally. 
what peripheral to who? You know, since since when were we periphery and central? It's all the same, you know, organism. You're just grabbing onto it with a different piece of it. And we should kind of cut down on how separate we make things. We're not a separate, you know, mind and body. Mind body medicine is is just medicine, you know. So well, everybody is unique. I get it. And you know, two things people are going to say, you know, how many sessions will this take for me to see some response? Okay. I know we hate that question, but it is a common one. Is it a, is it a 20 session, 40 session? You know, where does that, if you had a guess, you know, HRV is something that can be done. You train it in the lab, but once it's trained, this translates into real life. If somebody wants to, they can practice their HRV breathing techniques on an ongoing basis. So you can do that uh, at it, home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can do it in the car. You can do it in the library. You can do it at your desk. You, you can set your watch to trigger you every 30 minutes to do a few minutes worth of HRV breathing. You, you know, you, you can put it as part of your daily routine. Earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neurosciences NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. There are two ways you can attend, online or in person with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash attend hyphen NG hyphen workshops. And at that point, you can shift your base function. You know, if you learn it and only do it in the lab, you know, got to transfer all of these skill sets outside the clinical lab into the real world. Otherwise, you know, you, you can do it in the lab. You know, when I had the lab at the state hospital in 72, one of our early clients for migraine was something that people were doing temperature training for at the time. Now the fellow came in, he, he was actually financial officer at the state hospital and he had cluster headaches, which are migraine-like, but they're a histamine headache. 75% of our, our males, migraine 75% are females, has you know, totally different neurochemistry, very severe headaches. And cluster headaches are sometimes referred to as a suicide headache because you can see the next cluster of them coming. Uh, they happen for a bunch, of, a bunch of headaches all clustered together. Then you're free of headaches for a period of time. And, but when you see it coming back around, yeah, people say, "Well, that, that's it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this anymore," and yeah. uh, that they, they check out. So it, it, it's that severe, and the the fellow basically wanted treatment. Now we said, "Well, cluster is not the same thing as migraine, but we can try this technique on you." And he, you know, he he's into finances. He's OCD as hell. He had a log of all the headaches he'd had for years. 
you know, and they would cycle through. There'd be like two, three weeks of really severe headache and then a few months of clear, no problem. And then another bout, it was a clear cluster headache. It wasn't an atypical migraine or anything like that. Yeah. And we trained them and it was effective. It's, it's over. You know, I've effectively aborted headaches. I've stopped them. I'm not having them. So he went on with his life and kind of forgot about the temperature training, you know, thing that he had learned. And he started to have a headache again. And he walked from his office. He called us and we said, well, come straight to the lab. And as he's walking to the lab, he starts to warm up his hands. And by the time he got to the lab, there's no reason to come to the lab. Everything was gone again. You need to transfer it outside of the lab itself. But you can't say, well, I'm done. I, I flipped the switch and I'm, I'm better and I'm never going to get bad again. It, it, you have to change uh, a piece of your lifestyle and it, the routine it's, practice. It's, it's working out, set. right? You know, yeah. you, do you, yeah. you just go, you go to personal trainer for two weeks and everything's cure. You're in shape, right? So yeah. I, I lost I, my five pounds of little blubber and you know, now, now I'm fine. Hmm, I stopped I'm drinking go out, water for two days. Let's, let's go out and celebrate with a big dinner. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's my <Yeah>. cheat meal. <laughs> yep. So the HRV, what do you, I, I know you hate this, but you know, magic wand, do you think it's a 20 session, 40 session on for fibromyalgia to see some relief? Like you autism know, takes a lot longer for neurofeedback than it does for ADHD. 20 sessions in a lab setting where you're actually learning it, but you're already doing it outside yeah, the lab. Outside of it. After yeah. the first couple of sessions, you you know, how hard is it to count the, you know, breathe in Russ. four, breathe out six yeah. or five and five or you know, some some people have six breaths a minute, some five. Everybody's got their own unique, you know, tuning. And in a laboratory setting, they have more, much more advanced software than simply counting how often you're breathing in and out. They, they can look at the spectra and identify a sympathetic and parasympathetic balance and all of that in the software. So in, in a clinic setting, uh, they, they've got more detail. But ultimately, once you learn your pattern... Practice it on an ongoing yeah, basis. Yeah. Set your watch to trigger you every once in a while. So you practice the breathing throughout the day. Uh, you're going to see by 20 sessions in the clinic and daily ongoing you know, practice, you're going to see dramatic change. Now, quite often end up doing SMR type training with somebody who's got fibromyalgia as well. SMR is stabilizing the occasionally you know, over arousal activity in the brain that corresponds with the sympathetic nervous system and uh, you know, getting the brain stable ends up helping as well. But, you know, ultimately for fibro biofeedback is more specifically or oriented towards it than neurofeedback. Yeah. And when I started, there was only biofeedback. It was EG biofeedback. There was no neurofeedback term even right. at that point. Uh, so it, it was it was more like an integrated you know, field. All of it was biofeedback. There was a point at which the EEG people weren't feeling the love of the biofeedback world. And they kind of split away in order to establish their own identity, develop yeah. the, the, the research base for the EEG biofeedback. And, and they, they came up with their own term to kind of differentiate them from, so it was neurofeedback. Yes, there's nothing wrong with the neurofeedback or neurotherapy as a as a as a term. Uh, obviously, 
if you've got a device that does general health and wellness, you should avoid the therapy aspect of it because yeah. that, that's outside the FDA approval of the device. Yeah. Uh, but neurofeedback is what they would end up calling it as opposed to neurotherapy. So, so Jay, traditional medicine, you're going to, to an arthritis specialist. I've had all my hips and knees change, okay? Arthritis is just taking a crap load of Tylenol or painkillers. So what, what can traditional medicine do to help this? Ruling out the other forms of problems that you can have. Uh, basically is, is the trick there. Lupus is an autoimmune issue. Multiple sclerosis, again, autoimmune. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune. So you can have uh, autoimmune problems that end up causing these painful features and they mimic fibromyalgia. The arthritis specialist is the one who's able to rule out the potential mimics you don't want to end up having thyroid problems and have it missed. Oh, I've got pain. Okay, well, we'll do massage or we'll do whatever. And if you don't end up doing the medical background testing to rule out immune function, that's not right. Thyroid disturbances that aren't right. Uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes can be a problem. Anemia and chronic kind of fatigue and fibromyalgia are quite often what they would refer to as comorbid. Uh, they're, they're present in the, the same individual. And right. chronic fatigue is often viewed as a, an adrenal collapse, basically. If you're stressed long enough, hard enough, your body's been demanding cortisol, which is released by the adrenal cortex. So the pituitary sends out a, ACTH, adrenal corticotropic hormone, and you activate the, the adrenals, you make more cortisol, and that dampens the immune function. So your stress hormone of cortisol literally is the reins on your immune system. Well, when that fails, your immune system kicks up. Uh, so you end up having immune or autoimmune related symptoms. If you've got fibromyalgia, you have to rule out the mimics okay. to make sure that you're not kind of whistling past the fun foundational problem. And again, if you look at all of these, these are the kinds of things that an arthritic specialist is going to end Got up it. Uh, focusing on. So if you have fibromyalgia, you're likely to be referred to a specialist. And that's probably somebody who focuses on arthritis. You think, well, it, it's not a problem with my knees or my hips or I, I, it's, it, it's not you know, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis, you know, yeah, um, right. but you have to rule these out. Otherwise, yeah. again, you can be whistling past the primary problem and, and you know, have a long-term problem. And, you know, not having MS diagnosed means that you're not having it treated. And there are treatments for MS, not universally successful, but, you know, uh, beta-seron, which is an interferon, can be used to modulate the immune reaction. Again, some people have good reaction to that, some don't. The muscle spindle ends up being the, the thing that ends up having the pain. It's not the muscle itself. It's the muscle spindle. If you palpate the muscle, the muscle spindle is about the size of a grain of rice. And it, if you poke it, it hurts. If you move over a little bit from that, it doesn't hurt the same. If this is a little spot. It's a trigger point, not a trigger area, but a trigger point. 
and it's the muscle spindle. The sensation of the muscle tension, the sensory neuron uh, is wrapped around the muscle spindle. Uh, you, you can actually inject a sympathetic blocking agent here and turn off the muscle trigger point. Dr. David Hubbard invented the approach to inject the sympathetic blocking agent. He, the, the syringe is turned into an electrode. And when the tip of the needle touches the muscle spindle, you hear a different sound, a rapid firing. And at that point, you just get a little tap, a little little bit of the sympathetic blocking agent and you essentially paralyze the muscle spindle and the muscle tone drops out. It's not the same as Botox, which paralyzes the muscle. You're just letting go of the residual muscle tone or tension. So a Botox ends up paralyzing the muscle. So you can't express facial emotions in Hollywood. You've just lost your career. I mean, the, the joke is the same exact face, happy, sad, angry, you know, Botox, yeah. angry, Botox, happy, Botox, sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if you use the more advanced approach of the synthetic blocking agent, which is extremely expensive, it, you've got a, essentially a neurologist doing your injections and they're expensive folks, you know, those neurologists. Yeah. So um, sure it's not like going to a cosmetic person who can use Botox, this is, this is a much more complicated injection. It's not just finding the muscle, it's finding the muscle spindle electrically with a syringe. So, but you can paralyze that muscle spindle and turn off the, the trigger point really quite directly. So this paper, the Journal of Anatomy 2015, ends, ends up being the proof that the sympathetic nervous system is what innervates the muscle spindle and again, it suggests that this is going to give us uh, the ability to understand stress conditions like chronic muscle pain syndromes. We're, we're just recently getting the proof that the model that we've been looking at for longer than just 2015 is, is actually valid. It's the, the model has had validation studies on it now. Anyway, that's, that's the fibromyalgia uh, chat. So, and, so good news is on the way for fibromyalgia sufferers. Well, uh, yeah, Better on, news? The on the way, on the way, on the way. Let's say we taught everybody in the medical school today exactly how to fix fibromyalgia and a whole bunch of that area. You know, it's going to take another five years for it to penetrate clinical practice if it was taught today at the at all the medical schools, and you can't expect all the medical schools to, to, to grab onto uh, yeah. a specific uh, application and topic. It's, it takes time. It, it's, it's almost like a generational, well, the old guys will die yeah. away and then these new techniques will, will pop up. And it might not take 25 years, but well, they're going to might... point to this podcast and say, Jay Galkelman, you are right. <laughs> well, uh, I would hope that they point to David Hubbard and, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and yeah. the professional studies, yeah. not just an old geezer tech, you know. All right. All right. Fair enough, Jay. NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. A special thanks to our gold and silver supporters. Earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neuroscience's NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. 
There are two ways you can attend, online or in person, with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see, and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time. Visit MindMedia.com now. Three things our listeners can do to help us spread the word of neurofeedback. Number one, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Number two, give us a review on whatever platform you listen to. Five stars is appreciated, but Jay Gunkelman will accept four and a half. Hey, if you have the means, please support us on Patreon slash Neuronoodle. There are different levels in which you can support us, whether you're a mom or dad or a clinician. There's even an option where you can have your own Q&A with our own Jay Gunkelman. This support help, helps us improve the quality of our content. Hey, trying to get these video edits even better, even better. Again, we thank you all for watching. Cue the non-copyrighted music. <laughs> <laughs>